Blog Talk Radio. Right. It's, it's written, I, my target is women that are over 30, 
that are wanting to, you know, be married. And so, you know, for ladies that, that aren't wanting to be married, it's probably not going to sit very well with them. Um, but for ones that do, I think there's some good, solid um, counsel in there to help them move along that path. Now, one of the main points, because I've had an opportunity to read the book, one of the main points in the book is you feel women give too much without a commitment. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, you're, the chapter that I focus most of my comments on is Chapter 7 called Desperate Wannabe Housewives, and it talks about how we as women just have this natural tendency to want to give ourselves, whether it's physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually, um, even going so far as having children for men that we're not married to, we just give ourselves away, and we don't think about it. We think that we're showing how committed we are, but what we don't realize is the man doesn't feel the same way towards us. And and that, to me, is something I think if women get a hold of, it'll change everything in terms of how they relate to men, and it'll be a positive change. So some of those things that you mentioned um, are specifically things that a wife should be doing, and women just do it prematurely, and, and, and it doesn't help like they think it does. Right, and that and that's exactly well put, Shanice, is that they're doing the things that a wife would do prematurely, and there's something else I talk about in my book, a concept called husband privileges, and that there are things that only a man who decides to be a husband should experience in life. And something my mom used to tell me, she said, a single man should be looking for a hot home-cooked meal, not getting one every night. And so, you know, that is just, you know, we do all these things and we're demonstrating our skills and, and showing, you know, the men that we're in relationships with that, look what I can do for you. But the reality is, is that I love your word, premature. It's not something that a man who's not a husband should be getting on a regular basis. Now, what are your thoughts about couples living together unmarried? I think what's happened and what I've observed is that the the relationship called dating um, has been elevated to the status of marriage in society today. And there's plenty of couples that live together for years and say that they've been together for five years or ten years or however many years, but the fact of the matter is, is they're not married and it's not marriage and neither one of them is a husband or a wife. And there's just something um, unique about that type of a, a relationship between a man and a woman. And having been married myself for 29 years and knowing what that's like, um, I can tell you there's this distinct difference between being married and not being married, even when you are dating. And I'm having my opportunity to do that. And um, it's, it's definitely an interesting experience. With so many men are used to being treated like husbands when they're not one. And so if somebody's listening and in that situation living with a man and just praying and praying that one day he's going to pop the question, uh, after so many years, do you think the chance is getting slimmer and slimmer? I think that it, the woman needs to prepare herself and ask the, quest, the hard question. First of all, the woman has to decide, am I happy and content in this relationship? Because if they are, then I have nothing to say about it. I mean, I'm not going to get in their business like that. But if the woman is not, then I would challenge her to mentally and emotionally and spiritually prepare to ask the question to the man that she's been living with, whether they have children or not, whether they bought a home together or not, or whatever they've got mixed together. doesn't matter. Ask the question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being, you know, I can't believe you said this to me, I'm in love with you and want to marry you, and 1 being... Um, frankly, my dear, I don't give a you-know-what. Where are you on that scale in terms of your willingness to marry me? And be prepared for both 
possibilities. And I think a lot of women would be surprised that those guys are in the two and three range, even though they're living with them. So this is a show where a lot of full-figure women are listening. Do you think it's harder for a full-figure woman to find a potential mate? I don't. Um, I'm a, I'm a curvy woman. I'm not on the large, large size, but I'm certainly not a 10, 12, or a 14. And I can tell you that the most desirable characteristic that men are looking for in women is confidence. And then physical attractiveness, meaning that you put yourself together well. And I think that a confident, in, a woman who's not insecure, regardless of her size, if you're a full-size, plus-size woman, then you need to be happy with it. And if you're not happy with it, that's going to come across in any relationship. But, you know, in the work I've been doing with single women, I've seen a lot of, actually, more plus-size women actually get married than what we call, you know, traditional, um, you know, 10, 12-size women get married. And it's because I think plus-size women tend to have a little bit more confidence. I don't know why that is, but, but, but we do. And I don't think that that's a deterrent. If you're loving yourself, it's a lot easier for someone else to love you. Right. I agree. Now, what are your thoughts on online dating? I think I'm doing it, and I think that online dating is merely an introduction. Um, It's just like if if I were walking into the grocery store and a friend of mine is with me and I see this guy I want to meet, I say, can can you introduce me to him? That's how I see online dating. Um, I personally don't have long interactions with someone I I meet um, online or introduced to that way like months without meeting them, to me it's like it has to happen within 10 to 15 days or or I'm done because I'm not going to be in a long conversation with you on the phone or texting back and forth or doing a bunch of stuff if I can't meet you face-to-face as soon as possible. So um, if you think of it as an introduction, it's a great way to meet people. Mm-hmm. But you're not having an online relationship. You have to meet in person. I do. I, You know, I'll I'll talk, you know, on the phone maybe – two or three times, and, and the purpose of that is to see if there's any reason to get together, right? <laughs> and then if there seems like there might be some compatibility or a reason to get together, then set up a, a way to get together um, as soon as possible because that will be the deal breaker or maker. Once you see them in person, you can tell if they're light on their profile about how they look um, or whatever else, and you can decide at that point if you want to have another date face-to-face. And that makes it so much easier if you look at it as an introduction and not as a way to actually get to know someone. Now, in regards to online dating and going back to full-figure women, there are sites for online dating, especially for full-figure women. But, you know, sometimes they look kind of seedy, and online sometimes plus size can be kind of fetishy. So how Mm -hmm. can somebody avoid that? I, I, I have never looked at those sites, and I'm kind of sticking to, you know, the main ones, like I'm on Christian Mingle, I'm on eHarmony, maybe I shouldn't be calling these out, but and Match.com, and all of them are different um, and, and attract different kinds of users, and I'm finding that um, it's a great, those are the ones, because there's lots of men out there that are not as hung up on the size of the woman as we think, and I think you have, you're more likely to meet those guys on a more main, I would call it a more mainstream site, than on ones that are specifically targeted to, to plus-size women. Now, you have a 90-day challenge on your website. Tell me about this. 
this challenge is to get women who haven't been dating or haven't dated in a long time to kind of break the ice and break through that area of their life. And so the the five components of that are, you know, to get to actually sign up on a website so that you can actually get some people to date or get tell your friends so you can start going out. And for 90 days, all you do is one date a week minimum, and you cannot be exclusive with any one man for that 90-day period. And I'm learning myself how difficult that is. Not difficult to get dates, but difficult to not get ex- to not just focus on one man at a time. And as you know from my book, I really I discourage that for a period of time because it's so easy to start making something work that shouldn't work because you have nothing to compare it to. So that's the biggest challenge women find on the 90-day challenge. And then to entertain at least three times during that 90 days, once per month, you know, have people into your home, not just the guys you're interested in, but entertain. To not stay home on Friday night no matter what, even if you have to go and sit on a park bench and sit there until midnight (laughs) by yourself. But do not stay home on Friday night. It's the number one night in the week to meet people. Everyone usually is out that's single on Friday night. So if you're home, your chances of meeting someone have gone to zero. And then, what kind of places can you go if you don't want to go to a nightclub? Oh, you can go. I would like for me. What I've done is I've called up a few friends and met up like at a a, a really cool bowling alley here near where I live, where lots of people go for the very reason that I, we're going, which is to meet people. And then we challenge each other to actually talk to the men that are there. I don't have that issue, but some of the women that you know I associate with, with do. And, you know, or we'll go out to happy hour at a at a local restaurant, and there's always lots of people hanging out there um, and have happy hour and maybe go to a movie. But the whole challenge is not to be home, because if you're out and about and you just talk to people and look at people, it's amazing the kinds of, kind of how much fun you can have. And you didn't have a date, but you end up spending the evening bowling with a great group of men. So it's almost like promoting a business. you got to be visible. You absolutely have to be out there because it changes your fragrance, your personal fragrance. If if you're not out there, it's kind of like you're stale. And so you kind of have to get all that worked out of your system. And the way to do that is just to get out there and do it. And that's what the 90-day challenge is all about. And usually by halfway through, most um, of the women that have done it have met someone they really like, and then they have to fight the rest of it to to go out with other people because they're just thinking about this other person. I'm like, no, you have to keep going out with someone else. Call up somebody else or go out with someone else. And it's just amazing. Once you start dating, once you get out there and you think dating, think of dating as friendship, think of dating as getting to know someone, not, you know, an exclusive relationship. It takes all of the pressure off, and then you can start really having some fun and enjoying your life. So have you had any success stories with your book? I have. So far, there's been 12 weddings since um, fall of 2010, so a little over two years. Um, and all of the women have just, these these are women all different sizes, all different ethnicities who have just decided, okay, I'm going to do this differently. And really what's, what has been the difference is that they've changed how they think about themselves first and because of that, it reflects in every way. And so there's, I've got a, there was just a wedding this past Valentine's Day of a lady, 47, uh, marrying a, a widower, actually. Very great, a great couple. And their wedding, to me, was, I almost, I cried during the wedding because to hear this man promise to love and 
love her and you know forsaken all others till death do you part to me was really significant because he'd just done that with his wife who died um of cancer two years before so i told her you know he can do what he says <laughs> you know and then there's a wedding coming up in May that I'll be going to of another um, lady who did the 90-day challenge last summer and met her fiancé during that challenge. And um, he proposed in December, and they're getting married here on Cinco de Mayo. All right. So great story, success stories from uh, from your book. So do you have anything coming up we can be on the lookout for as far as um, appearances or any speaking engagements coming up? I am in the process of scheduling a um, two-day workshop because I can't continue to do the, the small groups I've been doing because it's just um, it's not the best effective way for me from a time standpoint. So I should have something posted on my website, girlfriendsdontmatter.com, and I'll also be tweeting um, at GFS Don't Matter um, the date when I get it set on the calendar, and that's going to be a fun um, two days. It's basically going to be what I do in the small group only in a two-day period, and then also I'm going to have a men's panel that will be discussing the book and talking about the ideas and how they feel as men, and there will be nine of them. Two of them will be married, the rest of them single, and, and ranging in age from like 26 to 60. So it's going to be, that's going to be pretty fun, I think, for the ladies to hear it from men. And that's coming up probably sometime in August. Okay, and tell us where we can purchase the book. The book you can purchase from my website, girlfriendsdontmatter.com. There's a really good deal on it now, $12 for single books, um, five for 60 And I encourage women to get five, invite four of their friends to read it with them and, and kind of do it as a kind of a book club. Or you can get it on Amazon. And it's also available um, Kindle edition and Nook edition and any kind of e-reader edition on winepressbooks.com. So it is out there. Well, I am excited about this book. Like I said, I have a copy. I think it's a really good book. Maybe I'll be one of your success stories uh, soon. And I want to be at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep you posted on that. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show and continued success. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Shanice. All right. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Okay. God bless you. Bye. Bye-bye. And next on the show is Liz Black. Liz Black has been involved with the straight size fashion industry for over six years and became involved with the plus size fashion world a little over a year ago. While she originally only focused on writing for other well-known websites and publications like the Huffington Post, City Magazine, and the Fashion Spot, she eventually branched out and created her own plus size style blog, P.S. It's Fashion. Following her motto of being plus size is about standing out, not about blending in. P.S. It's Fashion offers a vibrant array of outfits, outfit posts, answers to fashion queries, and coverage of New York Fashion Week, where Liz averages 60 shows a season. Since the launch of her style blog, Liz has also become the plus-size contributor for Refinery29 and has also contributed to LuckyMag.com and NJ Family. Let's welcome Liz to the show. Hi, Liz. Hi. Thanks for having me. 
Well, thanks for being on the show. So you've been involved with the straight-size fashion industry for over six years before getting into the plus industry. So tell us some of the things you've done on the straight-side side of fashion. Um, well, I became – I was always very interested in fashion. And um, my first solid job out of college, I was working at a law firm, and I became friends with the receptionist there. And she introduced me to um, a group of like-minded people who were starting their own fashion website. And I went from being um, an intern to the fashion editor within the first month um, because they saw my writing what I was able to do. And uh, we actually did a photo shoot with Lady Gaga. This was back in 2007 before people really knew who she was. And... Um, you know, it kind of just built from there, and I always had a big goal because the law firm was directly across the street from Bryant Park where they had the tents. My goal was to eventually get myself in those tents, and I managed to do so that year just by emailing basically every single contact I could find online regarding fashion shows. And, and I started you were you Yes, because I was the fashion editor of this website, you know, I just went in telling them that that's what it was and I could cover it on that site. And, you know, I only got a few responses, but um, I'm a really good schmoozer and I managed to get myself backstage at shows, do interviews with designers and get exclusive footage that I really shouldn't have been able to get. Um, so that was fantastic. From there, I uh, interned at a showroom and then from there I ended up interning at City Magazine and... After about a month of interning there, they asked if I would write for them. And I was able to interview a bunch of different well-known designers, like the designers of D-Squared, Kimberly Ovitz, Isaac Mizrahi, and um, I eventually became the social networking editor for City Magazine as well, helping out with their Twitter feed and Facebook. And I still help out now and then with that as well, and I still write for their website. And so you have a pretty impressive background in fashion. Yes, I it was pretty much all in the straight size fashion industry and I was used to being the biggest woman in every room and it didn't really phase me and being that you know, I wasn't trying to model, I was there as, you know, as a fashion lover. Um I never received any type of criticism for my size. I was treated just the same, but a bunch of my PR friends kept saying that they had just in their experience because the industry is so thin that they mm-hmm. were not used to seeing a woman that was plus size that actually could dress herself well and had style. So with their encouragement, that's actually why I decided to create my blog. Well, how did you even discover the plus size community? Um. Well, actually, I started... Well, I, I did start my blog first, um, and I've been working on that for a little while, and then I started working for the online lingerie company, Bare Necessities. Bare Necessities has a plus-size part of their website called Bare Plus, where they're catering to the curvier woman. And so by doing, I've been helping them with uh, copywriting for their website, and I attended New Jersey Full Figure Fashion Week with them. Um and that's when I met you, <laughs> and okay. I kind of got thrust into that aspect of the fashion industry through that position. 
and um, was so able you, to... you you were introduced through your job. You didn't like Google online and find stuff or anything like that. Well, I'd always been a fan of of Gabby Gregg, and um, I was always very drawn to Big Girl in the Skinny World Com that was helmed by Ashley Falcon and then by Nicolet Mason. And I always looked at it and thought, like, you know, these girls are great. I love their style, but I can do that too. And I wanted to find a way to get involved with the fashion industry and be as involved in it as possible. And if I needed to do that through a niche because of my size, I had no qualms about that because I'm comfortable with my size. And, so you started, uh, you started a blog, and it's P.S. is Fashion. How did mm-hmm. you come about that name? That's a very catchy name. <laughs> well, I think I think it's very important in general, whether it's a blog or a book or a song, that it has a name that can attract someone's attention. But I think as a writer, I always like to have more than one level to something. So the P.S., besides the standing for the typical under meaning for P.S. in a letter, um, it also stands for plus size. So right. it's, it's kind no, of a play on words. Cool. Yeah. Right. So I felt that it really worked for the situation. And you have a very unique style. What are some of your favorite plus size brands? Um, without a doubt, ASOS is one of my favorites, hands down. Um, they really, really seem to understand that the plus-size consumer really is looking for the exact same types of styles that the smaller women are wearing. They just need it in their size. And ASOS really understands, like, you know, whether it's the construction of the garment or the color of the print, they don't shy away from any types of styles. They don't say, oh, no, bigger girls aren't going to wear that. They make the same garments. They make interesting garments. And and I love them for that. Um I'm also a big fan of uh, of Torrid, uh, Old Navy, Gap, Dorothy Perkins. Uh, Macy's has great options. Um, you know, I there are a bunch of up and coming designers that I'm definitely a big fan of, like Jen Wilder from Cult of California. You know, I met her during Full Figure Fashion Week in New York City. We actually shared a cab. Um, funny enough, just because we recognize each other wearing white dresses, that we must be going to the same place. And um, I, I had never heard of her line before that, and you know, she impressed me with her personality, and then really impressed me with her designs. And you know, I wrote about her for Refinery29, and you know, I've worn her clothes on my blog before, and I really like what she's doing, and I really keep, I'm hoping that she really makes it big because I think she's doing great stuff. Yes. And we mentioned briefly that you uh, have covered New York Fashion Week fashion shows before. Do you ever think we'll see plus-size fashion in the tents at New York Fashion Week? Um, I hope so. I I don't really see the, the type of higher fashion industry that happens during New York Fashion Week. I don't really see them necessarily welcoming uh, plus size fashion with open arms unless it really is at that same caliber and that same level. And unfortunately, there are a lot of plus size designers out there that aren't really producing a fantastic product. And 
just because it's not a black sack dress or a wrap dress and you get it on a plus-size woman doesn't mean that it's something beautiful that necessarily should be celebrated. You know, we really need to stop falling on the same types of clothing trends that you see in a lot of places that just cover everything up and hide it. And I think that if we can get some designers there doing some really cool, edgy, high-fashion types of looks, I think that there's a chance that we could see this happen. The main thing with Fashion Week is you have to find investors. You know, those shows, especially the ones in the tents, are incredibly expensive, you know, tens and tens of thousands of dollars to put them together. So you, but I want uh, to get well, them together. So I want to point out this point that you just said, that uh, a lot of plus-size designers have collections that aren't, aren't up to par with Fashion Week. So that's a big thing because sometimes the, the plus-size community will celebrate people, but then it's not necessarily, uh, you know, New York Fashion Week quality. Correct? Absolutely. All right. I'd agree with yeah. that. And I would love to see a blending of plus sizes and straight sizes at Fashion Week, like maybe incorporating larger models in with some of the smaller models and without turning it into a thing and being like, oh, good for them, they had a bigger girl. Like, if this was something that was happening more commonly, I I feel like it would make everything feel a little bit more inclusive. I think right now at this point things still do feel a little bit more exclusive than I hope they will be in the future. So do you have anything coming up we can be on the lookout for, any exciting things coming up? Um, well, you know, I'm still continuing with my blog, and I'm uh, writing very frequently for Refinery29. Pretty much all of the plus-size-related posts that go up there are written by me, um, and I'm always looking for new fashion designers, especially plus-size fashion designers, to feature on there. You know, I'd be more than happy to have anyone reach out and email me if they are a plus-size designer, if they have something that's worth showing the world, I'd love to get it up on there. Um, I'm trying to work with a few different other brands that right now I don't can't really name names, but working with a few different ones about collaborating with them for giveaways or um, you know just being more involved with some certain brands out there that kind of cross the border between straight size and plus size. And if a designer is listening and uh, wants to reach out to you about being featured on Refinery29, what's the best way to um, connect with you? Um, anyone can email me at psitsfashion at gmail.com. Um, they can also feel free to tweet me at thelizblack. Um, and they can also follow me on Instagram at thelizblack as well. And your official website, one more time? It's psitsfashion.com. Well, all right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure speaking with you and uh, continue success in everything you do. Thank you so much for having me. All right. I will talk with you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And last but definitely not least on the show is Tiffany Tip-Jones. She is a business coach and marketing consultant that has spent the last seven years birthing new businesses 
and ideals in the advertising, fashion, and nonprofit industries. In 2008, she launched her flagship company, The Consulting Studio, a boutique consulting firm exclusively for the small business owner and inspiring entrepreneur. Under the studio, she advises new and established companies on the formation of practical business models, brand development, innovative marketing strategies, social media marketing, and business plan development. Under the same umbrella, she launched Be Encouraged, a series of self-esteem and confidence workshops for women to better ensure uh, entrepreneurial success. And she's been in a host of plus-size projects such as Bloor Everywhere, a chic line of denim accessories and handbags. She was the affiliate director of the Plus Academy in Charlotte, and she launched her own magazine, Pose Magazine, a print publication highlighting men and women living the plus lifestyle. Let's welcome Tiffany to the show. Hi, Hi Tiffany. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm very good, and I'm happy to be talking with you. Yes, so tell us, how did you get your start in the plus industry? Oh, my goodness. Um, 2006, I went to an audition in Baltimore, Maryland for Monique's Fat Chance, which I knew nothing about. Of course, I knew who Monique was, but I knew nothing about it. And um, when I get there, there's like 2,500 girls there. And, um, you know, you go through all the different auditions, and they scale you down from, like, 2,500 to, like, 30. And before I knew it, uh, I was on the Oxygen Network competing with nine other girls um, to be Monique's fat chance and win $50,000, which I didn't win, but I was a finalist, so that was really cool. That's how I got started. So prior to going to that audition, you weren't pursuing entertainment? You didn't know anything about plus-size modeling or anything? No, Shanice, actually, um, and the people that are closest to me know how funny this is, I was a correctional officer and a bouncer at a nightclub. Like, that's what I was doing, um, daytime and nighttime. And I just wanted to learn how to walk in heels. So I decided to reach out to this modeling troupe in Baltimore, and I went to one of the casting, um, not the castings, one of those uh, trainings, if you will, a class, Go to the class about one or two times, and they said, okay, hey, Tiff, you know, 12 of us are going down to this audition. I'm like, oh, no, audition. I'm I'm going to stay asleep. I have to work tonight, you know. And they said, well, come in. It's not going to be that long. Well, I actually had an overnight job, too, on the days that I wasn't doing security. I was working, like, three or four jobs. And um, I found myself, you know, going through those stages in the audition process, and I lost my job because I was auditioning uh, still six hours later. <laughs> so, yeah, I was I was definitely not pursuing anything in the um, get your makeup and your heels on at all. So once you appeared on the show, uh, Monique's Bad Chance, though you didn't win the title, it still gave you exposure. Now, how did that yes. exposure change things for you? You know, um, I began to get calls to, like, host events, and you know, I had no idea how I was going to do that. I, I had stage fright, so I couldn't believe I was being called to host anything or to be a special guest. Um, but I remember Monique clearly stating, she says, listen, you have your 15 minutes of fame, literally. Ride it until the wheels fall off. 
And she said, some of you are going to do it, and some of you are not going to do it. And I just kept thinking, I said, well, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and try it. And the more I got called, the more opportunities presented themselves, I just went with it. As long as they were legitimate, I just kept going. And um, at the time, you know, MySpace was very popular before um, Facebook. And I went from having a couple of hundred uh, friends, I don't remember what they called them then, um, to 5,000, like within a matter of months. And I said, oh, okay, yeah, I better ride the wheels until ride it until the wheels fall off. So I did. So you got into the plus community. You saw things that were going on, and and how did you go from you know being thrown in with that exposure to deciding to be an entrepreneur? Well, actually, the entrepreneurship started long before Monique's Fat Chance. I've always okay. had um, a desire to own my own, and so I had launched a hair business when I was in college. I had launched a nonprofit when I was in college. So that that was already in me. The fact that okay. I found this niche market, that's when it got really exciting. And so you have a list of pro- uh, projects, so we're just going to go through all of them, and you tell Uh-oh. me about each one. <laughs> so, okay, the the top, which everything falls under, is the consulting studio, correct? For the most part, yes. If If I own it exclusively, yes, then it falls under the consulting studio. Okay, so tell me a little bit about that uh, company. Okay, the consulting studio. Um, I was, I still am, but six years ago I was being called on a lot for advice about um, how to run a business, how to start a business. And I'm like, you know, I'm not super wealthy or anything. You can get this stuff off the Internet. But there was some uh, people felt endeared to me. They felt like they could trust me. And so I started to educate myself that much more and began to uh, use my my experience and my knowledge to help others get over those rough patches, especially when it came to, um, you know, figuring out how to get trademarks and copyrights, which seems so extensive for some people, may not, for every, may not be for everybody, but it was for some. And then the social media marketing scared a lot of folks. They didn't know how to truly maximize it. I was able to... Um, kind of put together a step-by-step process. I hosted uh, contests online to get small businesses to, like, go for a 30-day challenge and get the business plan done and completed so that you stop procrastinating. So that's kind of how that started, and that's how it's, it still is. And so the consulting studio is not exclusive to the plus-size market. That's for anybody that needs uh, advice and counseling for their business. Absolutely. I'm so excited about small business owners. I, I guess it's the same way um, Liz can talk about fashion. That's how I feel about business. Right. Now, tell me about Be Encouraged. Now, this is something new, right, this self-esteem workshop? Yes. yes. Now, tell me a yes. little bit about it. Um, Be Encouraged was birthed just out of my testimony and my trials and tribulations and Honestly, um, God just showed me that this is what I was going to be doing, and uh, I know that it was confirmed to me many years ago, and again, I had stage fright, so I'm like, oh, no, I'm never going to speak in front of a bunch of people. Are you kidding me? And um, I started getting these uh, uh, Facebook inboxes of people saying how my post has blessed them or how it has um, encouraged them, and I took that 
into consideration, and I was really like, God, please don't make me do it. However, I got the um, I got someone to invest in me in November. Uh, who oh. said, Listen, I will take yeah, I'll I'll take care of your um, your venue, whatever it costs to get your your flyers. And before I knew it, all my marketing materials were created for me for free. Um, people just joined forces with me, like Shonda Style dressed me for my first event, and it was just it was just a um, an explosion of kindness to get this Be Encouraged workshop off the ground. And so it was it was nice and quaint because that's what I needed. It was only 12 women who showed up, and I got to give my uh, my testimony, um, share my my challenges of uh, like sickness, homelessness, um, deliverance, and ultimately just true success. Success isn't always in the form of dollar bills that comes later. Sometimes it's just in the the very fact that you're not in that place anymore and now you can really see the forest for the trees and do what God intended for you to do. So that's what being encouraged is about. And so is this is gonna be something that you take to different cities? Uh yes, I was just invited Yes, Shanice, I'm excited. I was just invited to um to my hometown which is New York City. Um, a young lady again on on Facebook has an entire team, and they wanted to they want to bring the workshop to Harlem for me to share. So, and they're like they're sponsoring it. I was like, oh my goodness, because that's so. I don't know. When you're you, you look in the mirror, you just see you. You don't see what everyone right, else right. receives. So that's just yeah. <laughs> it's like what me really? People want to hear what I have to say. That's great. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Now, tell me about the $1 College Foundation. Oh, oh yes. That's like a baby that's been being born for years, I swear. Um, $1 College is quite possibly the uh, the greatest gift besides my son that God has given me, um, and it is the hardest to make to, uh, to bring to fruition. $1 college concept is to get $1 from every citizen in the United States of America outside of children to donate to kids who need to go to college and do it for free. $1 from every citizen. So I did this, like, survey of the state of Texas. And um, if we got a dollar from every citizen there, again, outside of the children, um, we'd be able to send every year – about 160 students to school on full scholarships at $75,000 a piece. And these kids, yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of like, why don't we just go ahead and do it, guys? You know, like, what's the problem? And I I found myself um, hearing people tell me, oh, that's such a great idea. Wow, it makes so much sense. I, I could go down to um, there's a place in Charlotte that's like um, under the bridge, quote unquote. And in the middle of the day, um, the the men from the homeless shelter are walking the streets. I I, be, I swear to you not. If I walked down there and I went up to one of these guys and I said, "Hey, would you donate a dollar to a kid to go to college?" They would give me the one of their dollars without question, so that somebody wouldn't end up in their situation. Just to wow. only a buck, but Shanice, but. The people who, the people who actually contacted me, who said they wouldn't give the dollar, people actually said they would not do it because no one did it for them. Ah, uh, well that's horrible. It, but it was, well, it was a gross amount, so it was kind of discouraging. Like, okay, well, 
you know, what do I do with this right now? So I kind of shelved it until I figured out, you know, really what God wants me to do and how I'm supposed to go about it. So I kind of shelved it. Okay, so that project is not active right now. No, it's not. It's take, it's going to take um, an army to make that come to fruition, really. It's, okay, I mean, it's so a very simple somebody, platform, but, yeah. Maybe somebody listening will want to wanna join you in on that. You never know. You never know. <laughs> but besides these business initiatives you have, you also have things that are very specific to the PLUS community. Now, this is something new I've seen you um, started promoting, your marketing director of PLUS Model Shoots. Now, explain to me what is PLUS Model Shoots. Okay, so, Shanice, um, you've done a lot of photo shoots, right? Um, okay. And you've had to, I'm sure a lot of shoots have been put together for you because you're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. However, for the layman <laughs> or the lay model, um, their photo shoots, you know, you got to put everything together for yourself. So Plus Model Shoots was birthed by Jay Jarvis um, so that you have it all done for you and all you have to do is show up. Nothing, nothing, no hair, no makeup, no um, photo retouching. Uh, your comp cards can be printed. Um, you just no no stylist, so like no image consultant. It's everything right there, and it's not just um, we're just gonna hodgepodge some things together, and you just show up at this rinky dinky studio. No, it's first class. And the 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 last five or six shoots that Plus Model Shoots has done, and um and the thirty days that it's been out there in social media, um the testimonies coming from uh, the models. And even the people who have worked uh, for us, it's just, it's outstanding. Like, it's really, um, (laughs) it's like the best gift a model can have when all they want to do is pose. They just want to take the picture. They don't want to have to do all the management. They don't want to have to create the production. We take care of that for them, all-inclusive. And I see that you'll be traveling to different cities. Will it be different uh, photographers and makeup artists and, and local people in each city, or do you have a team that will be traveling around? No, now, now this is where it gets better. We want different photographers, makeup artists, and such in every city because people need to make money. <laughs> people, like, right. if we take a team around, how much more money are we going to spend just to get them around when we could have used a local who knows right. um, their city and knows where to shoot outside and knows the best studios. Like, we're building networks so that we can make sure that those photographers really get some substantial exposure because Plus Model Shoots, consequently, is um, quite attached to Pose Magazine because I'm there, to, I'm there too. So there's, um, there's such, um, there's such a, uh, a marriage going on there to help promote um, these different artists, and we're finding some incredible artists in, in over 19 cities right now, incredible, and we're looking for more. And so if somebody's listening and they want to be a photographer or a hairstylist or makeup artist, how do they reach out to you? Well, well, as long as they already are those things and they're and, and oh, yeah, really artistic. Or, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. They can contact plusmodelshoots.com and they can email us at info at plusmodelshoots.com and just say they want to be a part, they want to join uh, forces. That's their website. Um, I don't. I can't imagine anyone not having one. Um, but if you have um, images you want to send instead as an as an attachment, we accept those too. 
just show us your work, and we'll see what we can do. And your rates. Send us your rates, too. And you uh, also just mentioned Pose Magazine, and uh, you created a magazine especially for the Plus community. And this is where your career is coming full circle. And tell us how so. Um, With Pose Magazine, it is Plus Lifestyle. So um, although I've been in this Plus industry for these last few years, Fashion is really not my area. I don't know. I don't know that much about fashion. Uh, what I do know a lot about is is business and living this life. So, Pose Magazine um, takes care of the plus man and the plus woman, um, doing more, being more, and living plus. And so, what that means to us is we're looking for we're looking to feature people, businesses, and content that that encourages, it inspires, and it also um, kind of demonstrates what you're doing that's so great, what's so u- unique and awesome about your brand, your company, um, and yourself. Like, what's what's so awesome? Um, I got kind of uh, tired of reading publications that uh, just kind of rumored, it told you what you already knew or they showed you what you can find online and it was just it was just kind of like great cloud. What about some happy go lucky stuff? Stuff that makes you feel bright and makes you feel feel like you want to go further in life. You want to go harder, you want to do more. Like we need that kind of content. There's enough bad news. So, you know, consider it your good news plus periodical. <laughs> That's what we're doing yeah. here. And I said your career is coming full circle because I know you have a issue coming out tomorrow with somebody that was influential in your career. Oh, you know something I didn't make that connection, Shanice? I'm slow. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, Monique. <laughs> Monique is on the cover, um, and you can't you can't imagine how impactful that was uh, to reach out to her and say, "Hey," and I said just like this. It's been seven years. I'm Tiffany Jones. She said, I know who you are. And I'm like, OMG. Okay, so like it's been seven years. And um, I want to know if we can interview you for Pose Magazine. And she says, oh, you have a magazine? I'm like, yeah, guess what? You know, and so we're so sharing that. We have a telephone like, number to call her up. Oh, no, child. I didn't go that way. No, we, <laughs> we um, I connected with her on Twitter. And then um, – okay. She told me to give her her contact information, and then, then she called me. Okay. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, so this is like a full circle moment for you. Seven years. Yes, honey. Seven years. Amazing. Completion right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you have anything else exciting coming up we can be on the lookout for? Ooh. Oh, God. Um. Well, the July issue of Post Magazine, naturally. Um, and just follow tipjones.com, T-I-P-J-O-N-E-S.com. Um, and Plus Model Shoots is going to be doing something pretty remarkable in these um, over these next three or four months uh, coming to your city. Um, that's uh, And I mean specifically your city, Shanice, L.A. Los and, um Yes, Los Angeles. And um, Atlanta. So just keep a, keep your eyes peeled, guys. We're coming. And so let's get a rundown of all the websites. <laughs> okay. Uh, that would be plusmodelshoots.com. Mm-hmm. 
tipjones.com, T-I-P-J-O-N-E-S, and for Pose Magazine, we do it in the reverse. So it's mag, M-A-G, Pose, P-O-S-E, magpose.com. And at midnight, you can go there and read the new issue of Pose Magazine with Monique. Well, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. And I like when you post uh, about supporting each other. You know, I definitely support everything you have going on. Yes, you do. Yeah, I I always say support is easy. It is your number one marketing tool. Support others all the time, every day. That's your number one marketing tool. Yes, well, continued success, and I look forward to reading the issue at midnight. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Shanice. All right. Talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And thank you to all of my fabulous guests this evening. Tune in next week, and we'll have more plus industry professionals with stories to not only inspire you, but to keep you connected with the Kirby community. If you're interested in advertising on the show or being a guest, visit the website at plusmodelradio.com. And if you haven't already, don't forget to like our fan page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.